Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing? Right. You guys hanging in there? Everybody have a good week? All right, all right. All right, y'all. So uh, I'm excited. Um, we have closed out our guidance. We're closing out our guidance series today. Um, so we've gone through a lot of the attributes of God. Um, and what's crazy is we've done, what, four Sunday morning services, four Bible studies. We've done eight. And I still probably got about 15 or 20 more that I can do. Um, but we're going to close today on the topic that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. All right. God is sovereign. Um, I didn't have a series for March, um, but after reading and writing and putting my notes and everything together, um, there is so much on the sovereignty of God that we're going to deal with this for the next few weeks. All right. So we're going to deal with the sovereignty of God, uh, probably leading up to Easter. Um, so with that being said, uh, let's go to the book of Romans. Book of Romans, uh, the eighth chapter. That's where we're going to work it today. And then I'll give you guys some examples in the next coming weeks. Uh, eighth chapter, starting at the 14th verse. Uh, so we're going to be really, we're dealing with the sovereignty of God, which means that God is able to do whatever he wants to do concerning us. And because a lot of times we're control freaks and we're used to being in control, we have a problem with God being in control of our life. So we try to take control of our life, take control of the will, and God's not going to fight with you. So sometimes what God has to do to show you how powerful he is, is he has to let you take the will. And he says, you figure it out. And when you realize that you just keep on wrecking your life, eventually you'll come back and give me the will back and let me handle the situation. Uh, so we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, I, I, it reminds me of just a, a, an analogy for anybody that struggles with the sovereignty of God. I'll, I'll give you this example. Uh, so uh, Ms. Tanya, she, she purchases a new house. I'm not prophesying. I want you to jump around. <laughs> but God gives you a new house. New, 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 new house, wherever you want it. However many bedrooms you want. I know you want some bedrooms for Angel and Allie. So, you know, at least two bedrooms, beautiful kitchen, nice front yard, manicured, trees, shrubbery, whole nine, right? You go into that house and you decorate it the way you want. You put that $20,000, worth of furniture all in that house. You put some hardwood floors up. You fix those windows. You do all of these things. And not only is it your house, but it's paid in full. Machinery, praise God. <laughs> Ain't in full, right? And me, I, I come over. You invite me over. You say, I want you to come bless the house. And I come over. And I walk in the house and I say, You need to move that couch. <laughs> and you need to pull that carpet up. And you need to repaint that wall. Now, I know you love me. <laughs> but you're going to look at me and say, Look, this is my house. And you're not going to come in my house. And tell me what to do in my house, right? God is the same way. He's the creator of the universe. All things are made by him. And we have the audacity to be nothing more but a moment in his eye and try to tell him what to do with his house. Think about the audacity that we have when we go to God 
and we decide we're going to tell him what to do concerning his destiny. You a bad girl, Johnny. <laughs> you just going to go to prayer and tell God, God, you going to give me this car by this time tomorrow. <laughs> you bad. You going to do this. You going to do that. And believe it or not, there are some folks that pray like that. I command and I demand. And God is like, okay. And put some blessings right behind his back and say, until you learn how to come to me correctly, I'll withhold these promises because you ain't going to tell me what to do in my house. So that is an easy way to explain how the sovereignty of God works. Now we're going to get into, you know, the hard questions, maybe probably during Bible studies, you know, why do good people die and why do folks die down and why do babies die? I know a lot of y'all, y'all ask those questions. And one of the worst things that somebody can do when, when things like that happen is somebody just comes at you and say, well, God is sovereign. That is, that is so insensitive yeah. that I have just had a catastrophe. And the only answer you can give me, even though it's the truth, is to just try to go into a whole theological dissertation on the sovereignty of God. Sometimes when people deal with tragedies, the best thing that you can do is just be quiet. Amen. I'll give you an example. You guys remember Job? When Job lost his children, he lost his cattle, he lost everything. And the Bible says that his three friends came and what did they do? They sat and they said nothing for a few days. Because sometimes if you're not sensitive towards somebody's pain, you'll cause more pain. So sometimes the best thing to do is just remain silent and let God speak to that person rather than you trying to be the representative for God. So the first thing I want to deal with today is, first and foremost, is God's sovereign love. Y'all with me? Because when we look at the sovereignty of God, it looks like God is doing things that are designed to hurt us. Looks like God is doing things that are designed to kill us. But can I tell you that God does everything that he does because he loves you? Y'all like that? That's, that's, that's kind of hard to believe because I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm going through. I got pain. I got some things in my past I'm trying to get over. But what if I was to tell you that all of that is part of God's plan because he loves you? We're going to work on that today. You with me? So when you look at the 14th verse, it says, all those led by God's spirit are what? God's sons. Now watch this. Because you're like, oh, I guess he's only talking to the fellas. No, you can be the bride of Christ. Ladies, y'all can be the sons of God. All right, so when we say the sons of God, we're not making this a gender thing. This is everybody. But it says, all those what? Led by God's spirit are God's sons. So if God leads you into something that you don't like, but you're being led by the spirit, he's leading you that way because you're his son or his daughter. You know, in 2020, you got to make sure you define everything correctly. So, and you're a good parent. 
I'm gonna talk slow today, all right? When you're a good parent, you do everything in your right and in your heart and with all your might to make sure that you're doing the best for your child. Am I correct? You provide, you work hard, you do any and everything that you can to protect and to love and to take care of that child. I was looking at TJ, that boy, be sharp. And some sharp Jordans on it. I was jealous. <laughs> you ain't take your shoes off over at Sunday school, TJ. <laughs> but something that tells me that somebody loves him. Somebody works hard to provide for him to make sure that he has everything that he needs and above. Yeah. Now, if we are doing that as flesh, what do you think God does? And if we love that heart, and you know our love is, is nothing in comparison to the love of God towards us, which means that although I'm going through a rough time, I have to remember that God loves me even in this rough season. Can I go a step further? Sometimes as a parent, you have to do things. I love I can talk about this as I'm a parent now. You have to do things that the child doesn't understand, but you know it's best for their good. They can't stand you. They slam the door and say they hate you, and you don't hear it. They know better. <laughs> they have all different types of attitudes to where you don't want to halfway speak, don't want to get in the car, a home ride somewhere, and they don't talk. Oh, I got some parents in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And if they only knew that the reason why you feel this way is because I love you so much, you would understand. But they can't see it because all they see is the discipline and the things that they don't like and don't realize that what you're doing is for their good. I put the string beans on your plate because you need the right nutrition. And if I depended on your diet, you need McDonald's every day. Yeah. <laughs> you need Chick-fil-A every day. Yes. You be sucking on candy all the time. But because I understand your diet, I put things on your plate that you don't like. And then I'm gonna go a step further. I'm gonna go to me. I ain't gonna go to my else. I'm gonna go to my childhood because I don't do this. I'm going to threaten to beat you if you don't eat everything that's on that plate. This is back in the day. This ain't talking. Y'all know not about that. Y'all know not about falling asleep at the dinner table because they won't let you get up. Okay, I got some, I got some real, all right, some of y'all got some real parents. Your, your head is nodding. You got mashed potatoes right here in the middle of your head. Because your mouth said you ain't getting up to everything that's on that plate. <laughs> Everything. And you can't stand them. But little do you know, that thing that they're trying to make you eat is going to sustain you. Imagine if God lets you spiritually eat what you want. Whole bunch of junk. You be consumed with a whole lot of mess. What does God do? Sometimes he throws things on the plate that you don't like. Spinach. 
Come on. <laughs> Turnip greens. Nah, you can have collard greens. Nah. I'll give you some collard greens. Nah, I'm not going to. You got to have some neck bone in there, though. Uh, lima beans. Yeah. Peas. Oh, I love peas. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like peas since that. I just the texture in my mouth. <laughs> All of those types of things that you don't like, they throw on the plate. Why? Because it's good for you and you don't understand. But the reason why I'm putting it on the plate is because you're my son or you're my daughter and I know what's best for you. That's how God does it for you. Watch this. Take out the trash. Who took out the trash? Wash the dishes. Who won't wash the dishes? Clean the bathroom. Who won't clean the bathroom? Why are you doing? Why is it always me? <laughs> Little do you know is one day you're going to be a homeowner and you ain't going to like no dirty bathroom. You ain't going to want trash and flies laying all up in the house because you, you don't know how to take out trash. <laughs> and there's certain things that they're disciplining you for now. Because they see in the future that you need these skill sets. Y'all quiet in here. Can I go a step further? You speak when you see adults. Don't you see, Father Day? <laughs> All right, y'all quiet in here today. God is preparing you. Your parents are preparing you. Because if you don't know how to speak as a child, you will have all type of social skills when it's time to get a job as an adult. And sometimes God will put you in things. I'm still in this first verse. God will put you in some situations and put things on your plate that you're mad at him about. But later on down the line, you're going to be glad that he put it on your plate because it made you healthy later on. Got to make you broke a couple of times. Oh, y'all quiet. Some of y'all got debt on your plate now. And the reason why debt is on your plate now is because he's teaching you how to budget. Put all types of things on your plate now. Because when he puts it on the plate now, you don't like it, but you're eating it and it's making you stronger. And 20 years from now, you're going to look back and you're going to thank God for some of those hard times. I know this sounds crazy right now. You're going to thank God that he taught you how to survive with less than what you have. He's going to show you how to do things. There's certain things I'm doing now, and I'm like, wow. The only reason why I knew this is because five years ago, I didn't know how to do this. And the reason was because God had, had to put certain things in front of me and make me go through it. So that I don't keep uh, going through the same cycles, but I eventually break the cycles. And I have victory over that portion of my life. So God loves us. And when you're led by the Spirit, you're one of his sons or you're one of his daughters. Can I tell you something? I've said this about three weeks straight. God even took his son places that his son didn't want to go. But it was good for his son. He was baptized. Had a great announcement. But the Bible says, and the spirit led him into the wilderness. Y'all fine. Y'all with me? Yes. Jesus goes to the cross. 
But before he goes to the cross, he goes into the garden of Gethsemane. And he says, Father, if you allow this cup to pass, let it be. But nevertheless, not mine, but thy will be done. Watch this. I don't like what's in the cup. But if it's your will for me to eat or drink what's in this cup, nevertheless, I'll drink y'all quiet. I'm trying to help you understand that what you're going through is this cup that you're going through right now is necessary for your destiny. Amen. I don't want to drink it, but if I don't drink it, I won't get to that next level of where God is trying to take me. We're going to holler in a minute. So when you're, you have to remember, before we even get into the whole sovereignty of God doing what he wants to do, the first thing I want you to keep in your mind, the first and foremost, is that God loves me. And if God loves me, he's not going to take me somewhere that he can't take me out of. Hmm. If God loves me, he's not going to allow me to get into something if I'm following him that he can't pull me out. So the question that you have to ask yourself when you find yourself in hard times is, am I being led by the Spirit? Mm. Let me help you real quick. Y'all ready? Can I dissect this text real quick? I'm still in this 14. I can preach this today. All those led by God's spirit are what? Are God's sons. Now watch this. But not all God's sons are led by the spirit. Y'all like that contradicts this whole text. No, y'all. Because there are times where we walk away from his guidance and do what we want to do. And that's when we get Ephesians 4 and 30. That's when we grieve the Holy Spirit. Because God is saying, I'm trying to take you to the right direction. And you're saying, no, 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 no. And you're trying to do one of these numbers. I don't know if y'all got a two or three year old when you start yanking them and they do one of these numbers. <laughs> y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like just all their muscles just fall apart. They fall apart in here like Slender Man. You're like, Jesus. That's how some of y'all are. God is like, I'm trying to pull you, and you just. <laughs> so, the sons of God are led by the Spirit, but not all the sons of God follow the Spirit. And if we all tell the truth, we've all been in places where we've moved away from His guidance and His direction, and we did what we wanted to do. And that is how you grieve the Holy Spirit. Why does it grieve him? You know why it grieves him? Because I have so many great plans for you. If you only knew that by me dragging you through this storm would make you so much greater, you would praise me through the storm. But all you can do is focus on the storm and not realize that I promise that I get you to the other side. So, we must make sure that we're led by the Spirit. And when we're sure that we're led by the Spirit, 
Whatever circumstances come our way, it should give us confidence that we're going to be okay because we're not leading ourselves, but we're being led by God. Y'all with me? For you did not receive a spirit of what? Slavery. To fall back into fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Father, y'all want to change that? Just say daddy. <laughs> it's a term of endearment. Watch this. When we were in sin, we became bound to the bondage of sin. I promise y'all, I'm, I'm a holler. I feel something next day. You know something, y'all waiting for that. It's coming. <laughs> When we were in sin, we were bound to sin, right? We were shackled to the chains of sin, right? Jesus came and what? Redeemed us of all sin, which means that we were no longer slaves to sin. Now watch this. If we looked at it from the natural standpoint, we would now say, well, because Christ paid the cost, I'm now a slave. He technically has the right, after he has redeemed you from the slavery of sin, to now bring you on his plantation. And you call him master. But y'all quiet. But Paul says, for we did not receive the spirit of slavery. Hmm. Which means that he redeemed us, but when he redeemed us, he did not bring us into a plantation, but he made us, because he pulled us from being a slave to being a son. Amen. Ooh, I don't think y'all realize that. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer whipped. I'm no longer condemned. I'm no longer destroyed. I'm no longer talked about. But now God has not only brought me into his house, but he doesn't treat me like a slave. He treats me like a son. Y'all quiet. This is powerful, y'all. Imagine being whipped with chains one day and the next day being given your own room. Imagine one day being locked up, throwing food at, and the next day somebody saying, come on downstairs and eat at the table with you. And he didn't have to do that. We can work from slavery to slavery. If you're familiar with the transaction of, of the North Kings Atlantic trade, slaves were sold from houses to houses. But God stopped the slavery. When our last name was sin, he took us from the house of sin and changed our name and adopted us as sons. This is why salvation is so powerful. Because I'm no longer bound by the law. I'm no longer under the chains of condemnation. I'm now free in Christ. And that's why I love him. I love him because I can call him daddy. I love him because I can walk downstairs and eat at the table with him. 
Allow them because now I can talk to them and sup with them and commune with them and stay up all night with them and pray to them and hear understand and understand and get instruction from them. I'm no longer bound with no guidance and walking in darkness, but now I live in the house of the light where God gives me illumination and revelation for every situation. I'm no longer a slave, I'm a son. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Watch this. One of the great, one of the worst files of parenting <laughs> is when your child is afraid of you. Now, there should be respect. And there should be fear in the sense that I know that you're in control. But I don't want a house where my kids have to walk on eggshells when I walk in the room. I don't want a situation where I do one of these and they flinch. That hurts my soul. That you would think that just my presence means abuse. But when we move from fear to adoption, we now can walk in the room in the presence of God without worrying about being condemned over something that we did. This is what makes God so different than us. Because we can't forget that. All right, y'all quiet. I can't forget what you did to me. Me neither. <laughs> but what makes God so powerful is that you can walk in the room and he knows what you've done. Yeah. And still love you. Yeah. Yeah. If that ain't a daddy's love, I don't know what is. And if God can love us like that, it should challenge our love towards other people. How can I call myself a Christian? Say I'm Christ-like. And I don't show the same gracious love that he bestows upon me, upon you. Something's wrong. So we've moved from slavery to adoption. And now we cry out, Daddy. He's not something far. He's not something that we got to go up 20 steps to get to be somebody that I can call on suddenly. And he's able to show up. I don't know if anybody ever had one of those moments where you just called on Jesus suddenly. And he was able to make a way out of nowhere. That's when he's your daddy. When you get in that car and that wheel slips. You driving in the rain and the wind, the wheels start hydroplaning. But you call on daddy. And daddy puts things out of control. You're sick in your body. And there's no help. No doctor can help you. No one near in your vicinity can help you. But you call on daddy. And daddy is able to give you a report that nobody else can give you. That's the kind of relationship that we have with God when we are believers. We no longer look at him as distant, but now we look at him as close. And when he's close with us, we call him a term of endearment because he's our daddy now. He's no longer just the God of the universe. He's my father. Amen. Amen. Watch this. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit 
that we are God's children. This text is so powerful right here. I'm going to read that again. Y'all with me? The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. Y'all with me? Because there are times, if we tell the truth, that we question whether or not God is with us. It's all right. God, are you there? God, do you love me? God, help me. Seems like you're far away. And because we belong to him, he sends his spirit to confirm to us that everything is going to be all right. Mm. So what makes him powerful is that he gives you confirmation every once in a while to remind you, you are right. I got you. I'm on your side. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to get out of this. Because we're flesh. And flesh sometimes brings forth doubt. Sometimes we doubt. But the Holy Ghost is so powerful that it comes back and brings back to remembrance the promises of God that he told you years ago. So our spirit testifies with God's spirit that we're his child, which means that when your back is against the wall, I'm going to show up. When things get hard, I'm going to remind you that I'm going to bring you out. When things seem like they're bleak, I'm going to give you revelation for your situation. And every once in a while, God has to speak to your spirit and say, God, I don't know if y'all have been there before. You're better than this. Get up. Got you. I go a step further. There's pride with the name. I'll take pride in my last name. That's right. <laughs> I take pride in my last name. So when I see my child and I see them go through things, I like to remind them of whose blood is in them. Amen. <laughs> you can't quit because you got more filled in your blood. No, 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 no. No, we're not gonna give up. Because you are more filled. Are y'all oh y'all don't know do that? You are her. You are you are dangerous. You are white. You you gotta remind them of what's in their DNA. That's it. That's it. And we don't fold. That's it. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. You gotta recognize who's in your DNA, y'all. This is God in your DNA. We don't quit. We don't stop. But when you find your back against the wall, you gotta remind yourself of who's on your side. You got some Holy Ghost in your blood, and you can't quit. Oh, y'all, any Holy Ghost folks in here, the Holy Ghost got to remind you of who's inside of you. They can quit. They can give up. They can say it's over. They can say, I can't make it. But you, you can't do that. So the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we're God's children. You 
You got some God in you, baby. You can't give up. You got some God in you, baby. You gotta be healed. You got some God in you, baby. You gotta go to the next level. You got some God in you, baby. Your self-esteem can't stay down forever. I don't just got more filled in my blood. I got Holy Ghost in my blood. Right? I got the blood of Jesus in me. And when the blood of Jesus is in, your sickness can't stay here. Disease can't stay here. Y'all find here. That, I'm talking to my family right now. That can't stay here. Hurt can't stay here. We as the children of God, every once in a while, although the Spirit encourages us, we got to encourage one another. I know you're going through, but do you know who you're connected to? I'm your brother. I'm your sister. We're children of God. And we don't fold. So like baby's kids. We don't die. We multiply. We multiply. <laughs> God has to remind you every once in a while who you belong to. Every one of us belong to him. And the next time you find yourself crippled with fear, Look fear in the face and remind him of who lives in you. Amen. And remind him that God has not given us, not everybody, us. Why don't you even say us? Us. This ain't for everybody. This is for the children of God. God has not given us. Who am I talking to? God has not given us. my family yet? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of power, love, and my Next verse. And if children also heirs, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, y'all realize how I know, I know, I know. We we still doing with the sovereignty of God. But I, I, I want to break this down. We went from slave mm-hmm. to children yeah. okay. to heirs. Bless God, bless God. You went from Westfield, y'all, blowing their ears to Bel Air. You're now getting a part of Uncle Phil's estate. Hey. <laughs> y'all, 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 we went, we went from nothing mm-hmm. to not only so, and not only do I live with Carlton, not only do I live with Hillary, not only do I live with Ashley, I got a little portion of the airship too, mm-hmm. because he's become my father. No. <laughs> So now, I'm not just a child, but I'm an heir. I'm an heir of God. And I'm an heir with Christ. Mm-hmm. Which means I inherit something. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where the text gets slipping, slippery. Because this is where folks go into the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. See, you're an heir. And because <laughs> The mountain is here. That mountain is yours. And because y'all, y'all, oh. <laughs> that ain't what the text is saying. He's talking about an eternal airship. That's right. <laughs> he ain't talking about physical things. Because heaven and earth shall pass. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yes, man. So if heaven and earth shall pass, Away. then that air. Ship don't mean nothing. This physical stuff don't mean nothing, which means that this airship that he's talking about has to be something spiritual. Right. 
Oh, y'all quiet in here. See, some of y'all ready to walk out the door because you, you, you come to church for stuff, but I, I'm here for something eternal. And when he's talking about airship, he's not talking about a house. He's not talking about a car. He's not talking about a million dollars. He's not talking about high five your neighbor and tell him a blessing is on the way. But when he's talking about in the text, when he's talking about airship, is he's talking about we're going to have eternal glorified bodies with Christ and be with him forever. I don't know about y'all, but that's more powerful than any material thing that you can give me. Because if I don't have that, then I'm damned, I'm not cussing, I'm damned to go to hell. I did catch myself. <laughs> 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 Some of y'all are like, oh, that ain't nothing. I'm not <laughs> And if I go there, then I'm gonna burn. And my soul is gonna be there. But I'm now, watch this. I'm going from slavery where I should have died to Daddy's house where I'm living better to airship where I'm living forever. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going from slavery to where I died to Daddy's house to where I live better, but to airship where I live forever. Mm. So we're heirs with Christ. Uh-oh. Hold on. Before I get to airship, I see that we will suffer with him so that we may also be glorified. glorified. See, now why you got to put the word suffering here, God? We just do it all right. <laughs> we all will experience suffering. We all will experience, as long as you are in this flesh, your body will experience suffering. Now, luckily, right now, we live in a time where we're free to preach the gospel. But there are other countries and a time will come where we will not be as free to preach from this book freely. And there will be some, maybe the generation after us, this is why it's so important to put this gospel in them. Yeah. That they'll be bold enough to proclaim the gospel under opposition and the possibility of suffering. But understanding that this suffering is nothing in the present in comparison to the glory yeah. that will be yeah. in eternity. So we got to look at whatever we're going through and recognizing that this life, we talked about this in Bible study a couple weeks ago, is nothing but a vapor in comparison to eternity. For 1,000 years is as a day in the Lord, in the sight of the Lord. So if you live to be 100, you only live 10% of a day, 2.4 hours on a 24-hour scale. With the Lord. I'm trying to be in eternity. So if it requires me, this is dealing with the sovereignty of God. If it requires me to suffer for 2.5 hours, 
in comparison to eternity? I'll take the 2.4 hours. Amen. But if I want it all in 2.4 hours and I'll risk it all and there's no eternity for me, that ain't even a testimony. It's a testimony to us. Oh, you balled out of control. You had four mansions and you owned the world and you did this. But when that time comes and we look back a thousand years from now, you won't even be remembered. How many great men do you not know about? How many times do we do black history and you find out a new fact you ain't never knew? How many times you've done history? Period. And you're like, oh, there was a man named Hitler? <laughs> there was a man named Mussolini? <laughs> it's recent. So that's why we know it. But a thousand years from now, will they still be recorded in the history books as recent as it is now? That affected our, our generation, our grandparents' generation. But if I ask them right now, they probably have no clue. And they're only four generations removed. Which tells you that our goal should be eternity and not caught up in just the now. Now, we want to live the best life ever. We want to do everything we can here. But we want to also understand that this is not forever. We want to understand that our goal is heaven. It's not here. Seeing that we suffer with him, we also may be glorified with him. Now let's go to the 28th verse. Now y'all can shout. So watch this. Y'all with me? Yeah. All right. We went from slavery, right, where we thought we was going to die, to sonship, where we live better, to heirship, where we live forever. And now that we understand this, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Can't quote that scripture. Unless the scripture has context. Because mm -hmm. if we take it out of context, we make that text fit into our agenda. <clears throat> I'm going to get that house because it said all things work together for my good. Oh, I'm going to get that because all things work together for my good. That ain't what the scripture is for. That scripture was not written for your agenda. Ooh. See, that's why I'm going to sit out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we are, I'm, I'm guilty. I've done it. Everything is working together for my good. Y'all know that song. <laughs> but I've done it. But that is not what Paul is talking about here. He said, all we know. First and foremost, who are we? The believers. The children of God. Those that are led by what? The spirit. We know, which means everybody can't quote the scripture. Which also means you can't give the scripture to everybody. Because they don't know. It says we know. 
which means we, the sons and daughters of God, who are led by the Spirit, we know that all things work together for our good. How do we know? Because we went from slavery to sonship to heirship. We, who are we? Heirs. We know that what? All things. Watch this. Not good things. Not great things. Not everything that I want. Not everything that I think is fair. Uh oh. Not everything that feels good. All. You know. All the bad. The ugly. The mean, yeah. the haters, yeah. the naysayers, the opposition, the things that get on my nerves, the things that make me sick, the sickness, the disease, the trauma, my past, my hurts, my insecurities, my depression, all things work together for the good of those who what? Love. God, y'all. All, hey, I'm sorry, I, I gotta exit this text. All things, what? Work together. When you look at that in the Greek, the word work together means somebody that has in mind a design. I wish Brittany was here. They have in mind a design of what they want to do. So what they do is they have in their mind what they want to do, and they already have the idea. Where's Calvin with this? He has an idea of what he wants to design. It's not on the board yet. It's not on the easel yet. But he knows every color that he needs. He knows every design that is necessary. But what he does is he lays everything out that is necessary to get the design together. Oh, some of the design is ugly. Some of the design don't make no sense. Some colors are going to be on your canvas, and we're looking at it, saying, how are you so, how are you going to color support with the color red? But you got red, a red marker inside of your picture, because somehow you're going to mix that red to come up with your complexion. And that's what God does. God already has designed and pre-prepared what he has in store for you. So he has already laid out everything that is necessary to get you to your destiny. And you're looking at certain ingredients and you're saying, why is this necessary? And why do I need this? And why do I need that? And why did I go through this as a child? And why did I go through this as an adult? And why did I have to go through this? And why does this hurt? And why do I go through this pain? And why don't they like me? And why was I rejected? And why did I fail? And God says, I'm getting ready to put it all together. And when I put it all together, all things are going to work together. For your good. And that's why you gotta praise God for the good, through the bad, through the ugly, through the storm, through the rain, through the suffering, through the pain. Because through it all, when God gets done with everything that He's placed in your life, there shall be glory. I feel God in here. Because there's some things that we didn't understand. 
There's some hurts that we still struggle with. But if you tell the truth and you look back, you got to thank God that he allowed certain things to happen because it ended up working together for your good. Almost done, y'all. So we know. We know. How do we know? Because we're led by the Spirit. How do we know? Because we've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. How do we know? Because we're led by him and not by ourselves. And because I'm led by him and not myself, then I know whatever I'm going through, all things have to work together for my good. And for those who are what? Called. According to his purpose. Those who are called. Hmm. You were called to a purpose. So if you're going to be mad at anybody, you got to be mad at God. Uh oh. You giving us attitude. <laughs> Came in here all mad. I ain't preaching nobody. Y'all like that. I did. No. <laughs> you came in here with this attitude. Don't blame me. It is God. And it is all going to work together for your good. Now, I got to hear up close here. For those he Four new. Hold on. Hold on. Four new means that he knew you before you got here. That's it. Uh oh. So God didn't just decide to be your God after you came out of your mama's womb. <laughs> he said, okay, well, I guess she's pregnant. Let me start. Oh, uh, let me. Uh, I guess I got to help her get her a crib. No, 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 no. He four new. Before you got here, he knew you'd be here. Can I go a step further? The word for me doesn't just mean that he knew beforehand, but it also means that he knew you intimately. Meaning he knew your ways. He knew your attitudes. He knew what type of personality you would have. Y'all you know, you got kids. Y'all know y'all kids' personality after a couple months. Yeah, yeah, Jason is a oof. Nice. I love that boy, but ooh. yeah, he's nice. <laughs> Jason is tough, and we figured that out later on. <laughs> Took us a while, <laughs> but he does things that the way he wants to do them. But what if I was to tell you God already knew that? And not only did he already knew that, but he said, "I'm gonna give him the right parent <laughs> <laughs> to deal with what I already know." So God already knew you, Selena. He knew you before the foundation of the world. And not only did he know you, but he knew you very closely. He knew the type of person you would be. He knew that you would be a helper. He knew that you would be a blessing to other people. He knew that you would come to Old Haven and help us every fourth Sunday. He knew everything about you. So what did he do then? He then predestined you. Meaning that he designed the time to put you in. So he said, I need Kim in 2020 to 
Because her and Caesar, Caesar needs a wife. Because when Caesar gets to 2020, I need him to connect with him at the right time because that is supposed to be his helpman. So before Luke him, he knew the attributes, the qualities, he knew exactly what Caesar liked. Uh oh. And then he put her in the right time. So that she could connect with the right man, y'all. So that she could connect with the right man. So you got to understand, it ain't just that y'all married; it's a divine connection. That's part of the plan of God. So that that He foreknew, He also predestined to be what conformed to the image of His Son. He knew that you would be saved. Oh. So does that mean that he knows who ain't going to be saved? Uh-huh. Now we can go there, but that's not what you do. What he was dealing with right here in this text is that God knew that the call and who the called would be. <clears throat> I'm going to leave that alone. I can work with that part too, the other side of it. Because certain evil is necessary to build you. Certain, I'm saying again, certain evil was necessary to build you. So certain people were, oh, certain people were, had to be there to get you to where God needed you to be. Can I help you? There had to be a journey. Yes. There had to be a Judas. Judas didn't just show up in the Gospels. Judas was spoken of in the Psalms, which means that God had already predetermined and predestined who the person would be that would portray Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, so that we would be what the firstborn among many brothers. I'm closing here. Go ahead, next verse. And those he predestined, he also, uh oh, hold on. For this we know that all things work together for the good of those that love him and the called according to his purpose. But in order to be called, you had to be predestined. And in order to be predestined, he had to foreknow you. So he also called, and those he called, he what? Justified by what? Faith. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? This is when you can call us, sit down, and go to Christ. If God be for us, who is against us? I've been foreknew, I've been predestined, I've been called, I've been justified, I've been glorified. And if I've been all of that by God, if he is for me, then what can be against me? Thank you, Lord. This is the first part of the sovereignty of God. We'll finish on Wednesday. <laughs> Give me three points and I'm going to say that. I could have took it on. <laughs> God's thoughts are good thoughts. Good thoughts. God's thoughts are good. 
everybody under 35, everybody under 40 know what that word is. God's thoughts are good towards those who believe in him. Say it again. God's thoughts are always good towards those that believe in him. Y'all like, well, I'm going through. There's good in it. Watch this. We have redefined the word good. Our definition of good is everything is well. Everything is perfect. God's definition of good is everything is complete according to how it again. If the seed determined what was good, it would have never had to live in dirt. But because God knew dirt was necessary for the seed, he placed it in the dirt. Uh-oh. So the seed is in the dirt saying, why am I in this mess? God is saying, you're in this mess so that you can grow. So our definition of good and God's definition of good is different because God sees it with the big picture. We only see micro. God sees macro. God sees the big picture. So when you read this right now, I know some of you might read the Bible. Well, his thoughts is good towards me. Why am I suffering right now? Because God sees the big picture. You are only seeing your moment. Number two. The Holy Spirit will confirm to us who we belong to. When I tell you, you got pride in your name, we don't fall. And the Holy Spirit is the same way. He reminds you of who you belong to. So he will always confirm to you who you belong to. You are a child of God. You will make it out of this. Number three. Stay confident knowing that all things are working together for your good. <laughs> Stay confident in knowing that all things work together for your good. Just stay confident, knowing that God is weaving the process together. He's putting all the colors together, and you can't see it. I'm not an artist, but I'm sure it was to affirm. There are certain colors on the, on the side to make a picture that make no sense initially, but when it all comes together, the artist understands why he had to mix those colors together. God is the same way. Give me your five scriptures to reflect on this week. Reflection scriptures for this week. Monday, will, this will be online. This will be on the website um, and our social media pages. Uh, Monday will be Ephesians verses 1. I'm sorry, chapters 1, verses 3 through 8. Tuesday will be Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Wednesday will be St. John. I'm actually going to be teaching on that shortly. St. John 21 and 15. Thursday will be 1 Timothy 1 and 12. And Friday will be, will be Ephesians 4 and 30. And we actually talk about Ephesians 4 and 30, about reading the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to just follow the lead from the projector. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go, the number 2, hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.